Hi, loved ones. Hello, everybody. Nice to see everyone again. How are you? Look at same familiar faces, but we got a few new ones in the mix. So it's wonderful to see and again, bring together this beautiful equity family. Now I'm going to actually do introductions today because we are emphasizing a few things over and over. So perhaps if I just slow it down a little bit and emphasize a few words, we can kind of make all of this flow a lot easier. And this is what this is about. We are trying to deliver an immense amount of information. And the queens are really working behind in the background, trying to clean things up, transcribe a lot of things, get them out to you. And a lot of that is based on reviewing chats, um, reviewing the information, the questions that you have. So this is where we're going to ask you loved ones, because again, you're going to notice we're answering a lot of the same people's questions. So with that in mind, and for the new people that are joining, Make sure that when you are in our chat, that you're not just making comments. It, it plugs up our chat. It's a lot of extra information that we have to go through that's just not necessary. Now, if you are going to ask a question, please make sure you relate it to what you're talking about. If you just ask a question, there's so much that's involved in trying to figure out, okay, what part of the presentation were they talking about? Can you just please, we're saying, make our jobs a little bit easier. So if all of a sudden you're like, hey, Darren, when you were talking about this part in the presentation, I this is my question about it. Make sure you relate your question to the topic. That's really going to make it easy so we can just copy and paste this loved ones right into our Q&A and boom, Darren can just rattle through this. Next thing, please keep your cameras on at all times and please keep your faces in them so we can see them. We have loved ones that come on, put their camera down and then go sit in the far corner. Mm -mm. Show yourselves out of the shadows if you want our stuff. We're going to see you. If we can't see you, we will give you warnings. If you don't like our warnings, you can watch it on YouTube later. It's that simple. Okay. And we keep a record of everyone that fights us. Okay. Keep that in mind. Um, okay. So, and again, so just keep the chat clean, please. Um, ask your questions, relate them, make sure we can see you. Okay, so when we were talking yesterday, you could tell Darren was pretty fired up. Sometimes he just has information that comes up and he just channels it in on a whole other level. And again, when there's so much information that has to come through, there is a bit of a, an intensity behind it. So please get that. We know we've got another week here on crayon, which is another, let's just call it three days. How do we summarize this to give you a really good crayon vocabulary understanding so that we can take you now to the next level and not lose you in the orange. So this is where Darren and I sit down. We already set our intentions. We told everybody live what we were going to do. We want to be in the vibration of what our loved ones need, where you are, what you are, the holes, we, we call it the Swiss cheese of equity. Some stuff you're pretty solid on. Other ones, there's big assholes and you're just, there's not even enough to catch anything. So this is about making those holes a little bit smaller. So we don't care if you're brand new to this. If you are one week into this and you're like, okay, so when you're talking about this, I have this question. We welcome those ones. 
look at, we have the same faces showing up all the time. So when we go to teach this to the rest of the world, they're going to have a lot of crayon questions. So please allow us to, to build that where we don't have to come up with the questions. Ask them. There's no dumb question. I know we've got some, some red Sharpies in the group. We need them. They help us translate. They help us make this relatable and so that it's, it's a language, even though it's English, but on a vibration that we can hear it. And then as we tune into that channel, we'll be able to turn the vibration up where the bandwidth can be a little bit wider. You can feed from that information source a little bit longer at a different vibration. Okay, so that's why we sat down and we thought, okay, let's, am I missing anything, Kim, or are we good to go? Okay, excellent. So this is where I want to just share my screen. Here we go. Can you guys believe it? It's already number 10. My goodness, it is just buzzing along. So I'm just on Darren's computer, which is very different than mine. Hold on. I didn't mean to push share. I want to go on to the slideshow. There we go. All right. So let's talk episode 10. We're going to do a quick little recap because I know we dumped a lot of information about mailing remembers. Now we're going to start as we start talking about the paperwork and what has to go out. These are, this is going to be a little tab in your equity book that you're going to want to have. These are certain things that we talked about very quickly that you're going to, that are absolute must haves when you're dealing with very important documents and making sure that they get into the right hands. One of them being making sure all of your mail, you use registered mail. You want a tracking number. That's going to be very important. Using red or purple pen. So, we didn't really talk about this too much. So, Darren, I'm going to let you uh, put a couple points on the record for that. Yeah, the the systems that we're dealing with your loved ones, they get so technical with their little formalities and all their little trickeries. Black allegedly represents the dead. Blue allegedly represents the sea of commerce or the admiralty jurisdiction. Red, we're going to suggest, is, uh, is all about correcting those other two and purple is when you make it through the entire basic thing and you're actually experiencing some of these royal colors as in royal purple so depending on where we are and what we're trying to do yes we can actually vary the color of the ink that we're using just to actually establish or emphasize even more profoundly our position and what it is we're trying to do at the given moment now we also talked about when you seal the envelope to put certain writing directly across it because again if anyone fudges with that that seal you're going to be able to see that clearly so things such as in trust in confidence duly sealed this opens the door for you to leave Egypt. Can you expand on that quickly? Please? That means if you're sending this package to a registrar, for example, and if you're trying to get a petition started in court, for example, the registrar knows that the moment that they look at the outside of this envelope, they can already be shifting gears. They already know what's coming without even opening the thing. Now, we don't have to get into too much crazy technicality type things on the envelope, although, you know, in trust, in confidence, duly sealed. There's a couple other ones like duly executed. Uh, that's another one. Now, all this is really doing, again, it's just pre-warning the recipient who's about to open something in trust, which means a whole different set of rules are now about to apply to that man or woman. 
and it's kind of funny, loved ones, you know, we're being very specific about make sure you remember this, but whenever we send anything for this one, we actually have to trick them to opening our stuff. And by trick, I mean, we have to make it look like regular mail. Cause as soon as they see this guy's name. <laughs> yeah. I've had a number of packages just mysteriously just vanish. I've had multiple we've, lots of work went into that loved one. We've had uh, documents and envelopes where, you know, it arrives at destination, but then it's never fully accepted. And then they bounce it back into the system. And I've even seen where an item was accepted. I printed out the confirmation that it was accepted. And then two days later, I went in to check it again and the whole thing was gone. That, that tracking number didn't even exist. So I got to the point where I actually contacted the postmaster people and I said, Hey, what's the deal with this? And they said, Oh, it's already been moved to the archives. <laughs> she says, that's not normal though. That doesn't usually happen until, you know, 30, 60 or 90 days or something. And my mailing was like nine days in and it's already been moved to the archive archive. And Again, a lot of these people in the background dealing with our legal stuff here, they have a lot of power where they can literally adjust the mail. There, A lot of them are ex-postmasters. A lot of them can actually take mail and open mail and transfer mail and do a whole bunch of special stuff in the background that we're not really apprised to, but they have the power to do this. As soon as they see keywords or precursor statements or elements of trust, Things start to go different now. Protected purchasers, a big one. Yeah, and again, uh, we've, we, I've probably had four, four packages just go undelivered. Now, don't think for a moment that it actually didn't get delivered. Of course it did, but they need to hide it in the system. They don't want anything in this, any sloppy loose ends to show that our trust things may become public. They literally take their jobs that seriously. So again, you're going to have access to these um, on PDF. So you'll you'll know when you're putting your information, you're not going to be putting the surname. Mm. Please don't do that, loved ones. We yeah. no longer identify with that. Yeah, we're, again, back to some scripture there where it says, render unto Caesar. Well, this is what we're talking about. We're literally talking about the surname. So now instead of putting your name publicly on the public face of a document for the public world to see, we're just going to use a title instead of your name. Your name may be hiding within that title. So what are these titles? Protected purchaser is a big one. Grantee is another one. Devisee. Devisee simply means you're the one that devised the plan. You're the one that created this whole thing. The assigner, that's just another word for you're the one who assigned or you're the one who transferred or delivered a special something to another party. So again, let's use some titles here because the titles are going to create some distance between you and that surname or that estate, whether it's a life estate yet or not, that's going to come. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I'm not suggesting use protected purchaser, grantee, devisee, and assign no. or no, no, just pick one. Pick one. You don't want to do overkill. We, 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 we probably could have had 15 different variations of this here. Loved ones like Liga T, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you can put here. Settlor is another one. I mean, if you want to bring the beneficiary in at this point, you can, there's all kinds of things we can be doing here. So. So did you notice, loved ones, grantee, wink, wink. Yeah, that's... We get a lot of questions around grantee, grantor. Okay, so you know what? I'm just going to touch on grantee for a moment here again. Every time you accept mail, I don't care who it's from, if it's from grandma, you, if you ever have the opportunity to sign, I know because of the 
the thing they're doing out there with the syringes lately, a lot of the post offices don't require us to sign anymore. But if you get the opportunity to sign, you're going to put your first name hyphen grantee. You took your name, your good, clean name, and you attached a title to it. Just do yep. not put the surname in there. Nope. I'll actually show you an example of where I signed for registered mail as Darren hyphen grantee. That's exactly what shows up. What does that do for you? Well, it attaches a title to your name and puts you into a special position. It gets you ready so that you can start moving and shaking some stuff. It tells the world what you're about to do. Okay. Woo. Sorry. Okay. So what we did here, loved ones, is we um, we didn't get this to this yesterday because there was just a lot of information we had to cover in a half an hour. So we threw this in. This is from Gibson Suits in Chancery. Darren wanted to go over this because this is kind of old school how you do it. Yeah. And again, like this is 115 years old, this already. But just look at some of the things going on here. This is very specific. You can actually do all this stuff today. This is actually going to help you, again, create that position. So not only are we talking about a grantee for a moment or a grantor or settlor, now we're actually going to start literally establishing key facts and putting it on the face of this instrument. I mean, the instrument is literally the envelope plus the stuff inside the envelope. So here's two opportunities to be starting to get the ball rolling in your favor. Now, this is just an example, loved ones. Do not feel like, oh, I don't understand. Uh, you know, I hereby certify that I say, you know, okay, this is just an example. But we do want to be sending our stuff to the clerk and master. Now, I think I've, I've touched on this one real quickly in the past. I'll do it again right here. The clerk, okay, we know who that is. That's the agent. That's the, the, the desk jockey. That's the man or woman who's taking and dealing with our paperwork. He, she, as the clerk, as a registrar, they have a lot of power. A lot more than so we. So these are the people you go and talk to at court when you're bringing your paperwork. Yeah, yeah. This is again. Yeah, okay. this is at the this is at the courthouse. I wouldn't go to the library and ask to see the clerk and the master. <laughs> uh, you know, you might be confusing things a little bit here, but here's here's what the difference, and here's why the master is significant. The master has just about all the powers that a judge does, but they're just a little bit lower down the ladder. So the judges are always busy doing really important things and they shouldn't really be bothered doing simple stuff like we're trying to do, believe it or not. At the end of the day, our processes here actually become very simple to the point where, hey, don't bug the judge with your simple stuff. The master takes it. The master in equity is the equivalent to a jury on the public side. So the master has a lot of power. What's the, what's the master's primary job? They're going to create a report. Yeah, yeah, Your Honor, on this date, I received this from this from this applicant. I received this, I received this, and I received this. And then he or she went and did a bunch of digging. They might have looked into your, your securities account. They're going to start stitching dots and putting things together just for you. So now the master is literally your friend doing a lot of work for you in the background. So let's just address the master right away. And as soon as the master's done, they know what to do next. They know to forward it to the judge. The judge signs it, gives it back to the master, and so on. We can streamline our process here by styling our envelope, sending it right to the clerk and master. That tells them that you know what the hell it is you're doing. Bonus, right? We're, we're trying to eliminate as much confusion as we can. Again, loved ones, I've had stuff sent back for years. Uh, we don't understand what the hell it is you're saying. Okay, so again, you got to go back to the drawing board and start fixing problems. And this is why we want to help you do it right, right from the beginning, from the, the moment you have your forms to the moment you go up into court 
and you talk to the master, that you have the language, that you have everything dotted, everything crossed. Okay, so let's go into our next one here. We're going to do a little equity crayon recap. We talked maxims. Loved ones, the reason we're going to hit every single maxim, we've only hit five out of the, fifth, out of the 20. The reason for this is these are going to be the new commandments on top of the commandments. These are going to be what we are going to rely on to be the cornerstones and the absolute foundation of the energy that we want to bring in. And it's because of what equity stands for. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. That's what we realized we needed to kind of share with you loved ones a little bit more is why equity will prevail. This is not needs to prevail, will prevail. So why don't we talk about that? So when we're talking about prevailing, pre as in something that happens before or first. Now I know veil is spelled slightly different here, but let's just consider the veil as in the mask for a moment. So what's pre-mask? Equity will be before the mask. Equity is here when you were in your original state of being. Equity was here when you were clean. Pure. Pure. And then we put this veil or this mask or this person on, and then we went out, we started running amok, making a big mess of stuff. So really... Getting our hands dirty. So prevail, I mean, again, I'm just throwing a little spin on it here just to create some imagery for us all. But prevail is to, you know, is to win. It's, it's to be righteous. To, it's clean. It's godly. It's suggesting that this thing cannot be defeated. And what they're talking about here is common law or equity. Again, these are the two systems that we're always talking about. At most times, they're slightly at odds with each other. Equity doesn't like a lot of the stuff the common law does. And the common law doesn't like having a big brother over its shoulder, always poking his nose in and making sure common law is doing what it's supposed to be doing. But really, at the end of the day, after the veil shows up, after we put that person on, so post-veil, right? Now we're dirty, rotten, filthy, dead zombie things, and we're riddled with sin. So all we're suggesting here is, at the end of the day, if we're not doing equity, if we're not seeking equity, which is another maxim, we're going to have a much tougher time. Dean and I tried the common law approach for you know, 10 or 10 or 12 or 15 years. And we just, we'd have a little, a minor success and then we'd have a big failure and then a slightly larger success and then a bigger failure. It was so inconsistent. It was so over the map. We could never really truly nail down why we were having, you know, a, a, such a bumpy ride. And what, here's why, because without knowing it, sometimes we were touching in the, on the equity side of things without even really knowing we were doing it. So sometimes we'd get a little bit of relief or a little bit of remedy and then we jump right back onto the legal side of things. And we again, that's where we'd make a mess. And that's where we'd basically go back to the beginning and have to start all over again. And it became very, very hard to keep track of doing all this. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about why equity will prevail. Now, equity is the man or the woman arising from the dead. This is what the Bible talks about, about being born again, being resurrected. And because of that, they don't live by the dead laws anymore. So when a man or woman comes to life, the living will always trump the dead. And it needs a different set of rules. Clearly, you can't have dead rules applying to living things and vice versa. It just, it's again, it's, it's worse than oil and water. It's worse than black and white. It's a whole other level of that type of thing. 
So again, this is why we needed two systems because there's two interests being expressed or dealt with out there in the commercial world every day. Now, so because there is no real justice in our current system, okay, we, we know that this is all based on fictions right now. Everything is just make-believe. So the first thing we have to do is we have to leave the current system, leave the show, the game, the theater, the matrix, and then we have to operate under a new set of house rules once we leave that old system a new one, a better one, father's house rules, equitable, equitable jurisprudence. Jurisprudence means the history of this thing. Jurisprudence means equity going back a thousand years and everything that it's doing. That's kind of a simple version of what jurisprudence is all about. So what Darren wanted to talk about today was, okay, so who's in charge when father's gone? When he has to go and do his matters, who takes care of the kingdom? What system and commandments and rules will be followed and why? So we're talking the garden rules. We're talking keeping it clean and how we will do so and what set of commandments and regulations that we will abide by that are in energetic harmony, harmony with that. Okay, so let's go into that a little bit here, loved ones. So we've had a few more questions about, okay, yeah, I want to know more meat on, on the history of equity. What is it? Where did it come from? Why is it here? Why, did the, why, why, why should we be interested in this right now? Okay, so Darren went into his little favorite little law book that he always has his nose in. <laughs> and we took a little chunk of this. And we put it up here and we're going to break it down a little bit because the the common law that you're going to hear about, because if you do any research about equity and birth certificates, common law is going to come up. There's tons of groups on common law. This is the, the, the old law of England. And here's the thing, loved ones, you're going to learn a little bit about this law that we all are under. It is exceedingly stern. It's rigid. It's formal. It pays little attention to abstract right and justice. Interesting. Okay, let's go into the next screen here. And again, we'll be, you'll be able to see where we got all of these quotes. The point in us showing you this legislation is because even though the law was improved with equity, because in that, actually, I'm just going to go back here one moment here. Um, why don't you read here a little bit about this here? Yeah, so right here, they're talking about, you know, equities coming from ancient Roman days. And back in these ancient Roman days, ancient Romans used to look at ancient English people and literally was calling them barbaric. So the, the old English system was very barbarous is the actual word that's coming up here for an, in a minute. But it's suggesting that, you know, the common law was so technical, if you missed one little thing, if you missed one little word, if you didn't put this here or put that there or this, that, or the other, you failed. You weren't awarded the, the remedy or the justice that you were seeking. It got to the point where it got so ridiculous that so few people even got the remedy that they were looking for. And that's what we, as Darren just mentioned, the whole reason that even though equity was introduced into common law to bring some balance to that because again it was it was there was big holes that was happening but the problem was is that the people that were participating were persons 
They were actors. They were fictions. They were continuing to play this game. And here's the thing, loved ones. Equity despises persons as much as father does. So this is a complicated justice uh, program or, or process where even the simple things, like I was just mentioning, never got the justice or the remedy that that was deserving. So now you got a whole bunch of pissed off people that are going to the the magistrates and 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 they're not getting what's fair and what's just and what's right. So they started to they started to take their complaints directly to the king or directly to the praetor if you want to talk about the Roman version of it. So now the king literally is sitting on that throne having sworn an oath to creator in heaven. That king or queen does not serve a corporation. No, they don't. But what they are doing is setting the stage for you to also have the same kind of mercy, the same kind of grace, the same kind of forgiveness, as long as you don't show up in person. But now now the king has got a lot of pissed off people banging on his door all day long. And now the king wants to go off and do king things as well. So the the ancient Romans, they knew how to control what they called the mob. The mob was all that going on out in the streets, all that, you know. The robbing. There was just, again, there's a whole bunch of injustice back there. There was no law. There was no regulations. Everyone was just wild. It was, it, it was, yeah, it was basically sinful behavior on every level. And they actually had a category for it where it was accepted behavior. If as long as you wanted to play in that arena, hey, don't complain. The people with money, the people with power. They won. And they chose to now use that power and influence to really start to control the people and really, really start to clamp down on our inherent rights, on everything that we were born with. Now they are interested in taking it away from us. So again, it set the stage for the the wealthy to really start to become even more wealthy and the poor to become even more poor. So there wasn't a lot of fairness back in the day here. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this organized crime that common law is trying to manage all of these unruly, unclean, and dead things, because that's what common law does, loved ones. So let's talk about what what is our point in in bringing this up to you right now. The, The point is, is that common law, like we mentioned, is for organized crime. How so, Darren? Because when you take a person that doesn't belong to you, claim that it is you, and then run off and then go con- conduct yourself with all this commercial activity, that again, as, a, as we mentioned, is borderline fraud. It's, vir- it's virtually criminal. But they let us get away with it because there are so many people doing it. They've actually built an entire system to allow us to do this. They're all acting in person. This Write this down, loved ones. The common law is the law of the dead it's satan's and caesar's laws again where did they get them from well they looked at the bible and they saw okay what are all the things that man and woman is not supposed to do okay we're gonna we're gonna section that off and now we're gonna trick the man and woman to do all these things there boom that's the legal world brilliant by reverse engineering the bible what are we not supposed to do satan took it completely subrogated it and fed it down in our throats. And we went. And we were none the wiser. We had no idea. Mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, and so on. They had no idea what was truly going on to us or themselves. So let's just talk about exactly the common law 
punishments here. Are you ready for this? I went and did a little research and there went, oh, honey, <laughs> my eyeballs started popping out. These are some of the, the favorites that if you broke the common law, this is what they would do. They would, they call it having or quartering. Drawn and quarter. They would tie each of your limbs and rip them apart with horses. They would put water down your throat to give you the feeling of drowning. Oh, there's more. Look at this one on the left. That Ouch. one looks very pleasant. Ouch. Look at, th that is just wrong on all levels. And then the women that they would just line up and just cut their throats. For being spiritually connected or intuitive, they were labeled witches and burnt or hanged or worse. Or, well, I guess if it could be worse. Point is, there's been so much mistreatment in, in you know, throughout our, our history. I don't need to go into that. We're all very aware of this. But let's just do one more. This was the common law favorite. They would go and put weights on top of your body so that you would have the feeling of suffocating. And they would just keep adding more and more and more weight. Horrible, brutal, in fact. Notice the writings in black. And what, try to get you to confess your sins? Isn't what isn't that was a lot of their, their, their methodology back in the day? So again, there's not a lot of mercy here. There's not a lot of forgiveness here. It's a brutal system. <laughs> Again, all military. So talk about that. Military. Refresh our loved ones on why it's military. The military, right, being the strong arm of the law, being the weaponized version of the law, this side needs to be in place to babysit the lunatics, believe it or not. You, they have to have a, a power greater than most man or woman has out on the street, right, a man or a woman may have a gun or may have a cannon even. Well, I mean, that might be a little bit rare. But the military needed to be more powerful than the people themselves so that they could maintain order and control. Problem is, is that through the military, they're very strict. There's, they don't mess around. It's just so black and white. Again, there's not a, lot, a whole other world. We don't want to be there is what I'm trying to ultimately say here. So let's do a little equity or the common law. Let's do a little bit of a comparison. So again, this is pulled from the Chancery Court. Um, we have it in Gibson's part one here, where it talks about the courts of common law were inadequate for the demands of justice. Here's the problem with common law. Equity is not found in the law. It furnished little remedy or relief in, in not a few cases, which means in a lot of cases. <laughs> It furnished no remedy or relief whatsoever. None. And so, it, oh, sorry, so this is why, again, common law created a whole bunch of pissed off people that now had to go to the king and say, hey, your majesty, this is beyond good conscience and good reason. This is all bullshit. We shouldn't have to live like this. Now the king would have to get involved and da 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 da, da you know, try to smooth everything out, put the fires out so that he didn't have all these rebellions all the time. So notice here to try and perfect this dirty system, they started to inject maxims, principles and doctrines of equity. So this would cover beyond the reaches of the law, the big holes, equity was there to catch it. That's the difference. Okay, so what's our point in this, Darren? 
So if the common law is inadequate for some cases where justice is required, and again, as we were just mentioning, in a lot of cases, it doesn't provide the justice or the remedy. So the, why do we even need the, the common law at all then? Well, unfortunately, there are still a lot of people out there acting in character. There are a lot of people out there right now still acting in person. There are a lot of people out there still conducting themselves improperly. And that prefer to stay there. And they prefer to stay there. They think that that world's where they should be and ought to be. So we need... They need law for that They needed a, They needed a whole set of kick-ass rules to keep these unruly people in line. So, because again, can you be trusted when you're showing up with intentions to deceive? Nope. Now, because if you're showing up like that, there's nothing more malice. There's nothing more cunning. You're intentionally showing up to commit fraud. And the judges out there today know that when you walk into a public court and you walk in with your birth certificate name and the judge calls out that birth certificate name and you say, yep, that's me. Boom. You literally just committed the fraud right there. And the judge is already shaking his head knowing you're guilty. He literally doesn't give a shit what your story is. But again, they got to let one in a hundred people go. Oh, yeah, the, the Crown failed to establish all the key facts in the case, and the defendant is found not guilty. Woohoo! Celebrate. Defendant's running out the door. That's all garbage, folks. That defendant is still guilty. But they got to let one in 100 go to keep the illusion going. So we're talking about the laws for the lunatics. They should be barbaric. They should be ridiculous ridiculous they should be unjust unfair why would there be fairness for the dead that doesn't make sense so we're going to go into the next section of this which is the chancellor section darren highlighted some sections and again we'll make these sections available from his source so that you can actually read it out of the book if you wish but it talks about how the king will bring someone into his close fold, someone who is ecclesiastic, someone who's the keeper of the king's conscience, someone who's very trusted, who's known as the chancellor. So let's talk about this and why this was important to cover, please. The chancellor was very high up on the food chain. He, this man typically was a man, as a matter of fact, I don't even think there were women chancellors back in that those times. This man, he knew a lot about the law. He knew a lot about scripture. He knew a lot about civics. He knew a lot about how to run a city. He knew a lot about a lot of stuff. These were very intelligent men. These were the ones that were left in control to manage the kingdom while the king's out doing king things, hunting and whoring and whatever else that they did a lot of back then, if you watch Game of Thrones anyway. so Lots of whoring. <laughs> point was that the chancellor holds the highest office. He is the right hand of the king. Now, the right hand of the king is the hand of the king. It's the same hand. This chancellor nowadays, who would it be? Well, the governor general is one of them. The chief justices of provinces or the country, their vice chancellors. These are the top dogs. These are, these are the ones that are literally sitting back there watching the entire world, watching how things are run, watching what's going on. Da, 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 da. These are the ones 
that, as Jordi had mentioned, are held with great trust and in great confidence. These are the advisors to the king, the chief member of his council, keeper of his great seal of the state. So these chancellors, they got a lot of power. And they make judgments where it puts an end to injurious people and morals and unjust laws. These are people that can come in with a big hammer and go, you know what? I don't like that. So, that doesn't feel good. So again, so this chancellor is the individual that can annul unjust laws. Annul means dissolve. When you get your marriage annulled, right? You're going to dissolve it. Same idea here. So the chancellor literally has the power to do virtually anything. Uh, you may have heard some of you loved ones, something called the Panama Papers. This was an offshore banking group. I don't know where, down in the Caribbean or something like this. This is going back a few years ago. Or Panama, there you go. So in Panama, they had something went sideways where I think through the internet or, or through the digital age, someone went in and hacked into this banking firm and they spread out for the public a whole bunch of private stuff. Now, again, when you're dealing with offshore accounts, you're dealing with a lot of wealthy people moving a lot of money around. So apparently, uh, the, these, this Panama Papers scandal, a whole bunch of money went missing. And within, I think it was like 10 days, all of a sudden, like 85% of the money has been recuperated inside a week with no formal legal court cases. How is that even possible? Well, if a private individual said to a judge or a chancellor, hey, I have a whole bunch of private funds mixed into that Panama paper scandal. And the judge would have said, oh, you're kidding. Can you please prove that? Oh, and then that chancellor, that high-ranking judge would have had the power, even though that even though we're dealing with another country, that judge would have had the power to, to just make a phone call or send an email and instant results. Boom, right now kind of thing. That's the power that these judges have in private chambers. They're literally all acting like mini chancellors when they're in chambers. Now, the beautiful thing about the chancellor is, again, this is the ecclesiastical side of the system. This is the scripture side of the system. This is the mercy and the grace side of the system. This isn't that technical, tough to deal with legal side where there was barely any remedy unless you were a lawyer. They seem to be the only ones who really benefit from the system, right? These would be men and women with good hearts, with a lot of power. And, you know, speaking of getting things done efficiently, boom, bang, great trust, great confidence. You're going to notice one of our loved ones, one of our queens has next to her name, Chancellor, and she has most certainly earned that. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Phen phenomenal as far as she's our right hand. We need something, we go to her. You have to have that in a, a structure where there's some kind of a downline so that it can be efficient, it can move quickly. And this is where, you know, a big part of Dean, Dean and mine's failing over the years where we basically try to do all this ourselves. It was just me and Dean. We would just literally do it. And then pretty soon you're dealing with, you know, 500 emails a day. Uh, and it's just the two of us trying to stay on top of that. And it didn't stay at 500 emails. It was always going up, which is why we had to duck in and out of being public. We'd show up for a little while, then we'd disappear for six months. Well, we're trying to stay ahead and try to provide as much help and, and, and assistance to as many people as we could. But again, it was not enough. Dean and I were so 
inadequately equipped to deal with what came at us, but we, we did our best. So now our consensus here is let's surround ourselves with a whole bunch of people who understand what the hell it is we're trying to do, who has the same type of heart, the same type of mindset, who understands what some of these words are, who doesn't have a problem with picking up the phone and calling a courthouse to ask the registrar a question about a particular court rule. These types of things, these people that can show a little bit of leadership skills, these people that are a little bit responsible, these people that want to help clean up the kingdom and restore the garden. That's what we're trying to do here with all you loved ones and so on. And chancellors among them. So there's many chancellors. There's You know, we're talking about the ones, though, that show grace, that have a biblical and a scripture vein that they follow and vibration so that they are doing and making just decisions. There's no more unfairness anymore. And so when we're talking here, just as we go down a little bit, when the chancellor is administrating or when the chancellor is presiding over a case or when the chancellor is dispensing with mercy and grace. Do you think you get grace and mercy when you show up in person? Yeah, no, none. That's the big problem here that Dean and I have had to overcome and finally get our heads wrapped around is what do we have to do to get that mercy and the grace? Ah, we got to show up not in person. How do we get rid of the person? Well, again, that's what this whole program is all about, loved ones. So the chancellor comes in and she or he just kind of bitch slaps a little bit to keep the unruly ruly. So it, you know, the power of equity, this, it's again, like Darren mentioned, it's the big brother. So it has the ability to come in and to take these bankers, these Egyptians, these mobs. And like I said, give them a little smack, put them into line. And no one's been able to do that to date. They've always been the big hand on us and have the control. And we've been at their mercy. So to be able to have a, a switch of tables. That's going to be fun. Okay, so next point here. Let's talk about redress. We're going to have some posts that are going to be put up from, again, this uh, Gibson Chancery book. And it talks about redress. And Darren has mentioned this a couple of times. It's one of his favorite words. So write this one down. So let's talk about why this is so important. Okay, so we we all know what our address is, right? It's where you send your mail. It's where you typically live. That's my address. We got to start changing the way we're thinking here. That's a public state of mind. That's a legal thing to be thinking. We don't want to be thinking like that now. So now if you're in costume, if you're in person and you want to remove this person or you want to stop acting in person, you got to take this dress off. Just like in Hollywood, literally, you got to go to makeup and wardrobe. You got to get this person removed. You got to get that dress off of you. Remove that dress. You got to get redressed. It's odd because... Equity talks about for complete redress, as in complete justice. We literally have to abandon how we used to style our envelopes. You don't live at 373123 Street. No, you don't live there. That's all legal. Okay, well, then who does live there, Darren? Well, I'll tell you, the principal trust lives there once you create the principal trust. Let that thing be the address. While that thing is busy addressing itself, you can be over there quietly being uh, redressed, creating distance. That's the whole purpose of the trust that we're trying to create here for you, loved ones. Separating yourself from the debt. 
Your Honor, I stand redressed of that former situation. Well, what do you mean by that? I'm unable to act in person. You might even say I'm legally disabled. You could even just say I'm doing a costume change, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, literally, because that's technically what, what we're talking about here. So again, so after you go to get redressed, imagine you got the the, 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 the hero, the character in the movie, runs off stage, goes to the dressing room in a particular outfit, comes back on stage with a completely different something on. You don't even know if that's the same man or woman inside that costume, to be honest. We kind of assume it is, but you don't really even know. So what if you, you get redressed, you put on a new costume? What if you put on the superhero costume and you come back to the game? You can literally come back to the game as a superhero if you want, or come back to the game not in character at all. Get somebody else to do all the work for you. We have so many options that we can play with now, it kind of gets to be a little bit confusing. It's hard to actually stay on track because we can do almost anything we want to do. Narrowing it down and choosing what's proper actually becomes one of the hardest things to do. So it's also about being careful that when you're in the tent, that you don't zip up another just a different form of a character and re-enter the game again. Yeah, a legal this character. Is, this yeah. is one thing is that, like Darren talked about, you can so quickly be in equity and then the next thing, one one slip, one one word. That's, that's literally how important it is, the words you choose. Puts you right back in. So over a little bit of time here, as we expose you to some of these little tricks and some of these little things that we can expect, once you get assimilated to the flow here, you'll find that you won't be tricked into acting in person. Again, when the court calls and summons that name, the given name, the Christian name, the clean name, plus the surname. Again, we're going to talk here in our remedy coming up here right away. What would I say when the court calls out that name? We're going to get to that in another episode or three. So hold on, it's coming. So let's do a quick little summary here. Okay, so we know that equity is the only thing that's going to get our birth rate back. Divergence has said that from day one. We truly believe that. And the Bible talks about how important that inheritance, our birthright is. And, and we need to take it seriously, especially the fact that we've lost it. We gave it away without even knowing. We've, we've made such a mistake. And this correcting this error is what's going to get us out of Egypt. And now it's about staying out and not being chased. This was an interesting topic that got kind of channeled in this morning, because again, you need to remember when Moses left, okay, and he was taking the Israelites, when that happened, Pharaoh ended up chasing them later. That's why he had to part the sea. So why was Pharaoh chasing them? This now is about, okay, if we're going to take our loved ones out, no one's going to chase you. You're not going to have to look over your shoulder. You're not going to have to disappear. Live in fear. There, that, that's defeating the purpose completely here. So that's why we want to talk about this for a moment here. So this time... Because we're going to create our trust properly. Trusts are little protection bubbles. They allow you to walk around and no one can touch you or anything that's in the bubble. 
Just imagine that a trust is just a big bubble that you walk around with. Okay. Now, Pharaoh is not going to be allowed to leave, like we mentioned, and chase us. They have to stay within their borders, their world, their matrix. They're not allowed to come onto the land. Never mind the land of the living. The dead do not come and speak to the alive. It doesn't work that way. You stay in your world. So why was Pharaoh able to chase the Israelites across the desert? After he had basically made a deal and said, okay, you're all free to go. And then he changes his mind and hunts them down and wants to kill them or enslave them all again. Dirty tricks, right? Can't trust an asshole like that, right? So here's why. This time when we leave Egypt, we're taking the bond off of our neck, the yoke, the enslavement tool. And now we're literally taking it off and we're putting it on Pharaoh's neck. He or she is now chained to the stone. And you can't leave until you do that. Because as much as you run, boom, that chain, that leash is going to send you right back. So this bond that we're talking about, it's literally hiding in the birth certificate. When we use that birth certificate wrong, we literally volunteer to put the bond or the yoke around our own neck, which is why we're responsible and we can't bitch and complain about it. Now, once we put that bond, we use that birth certificate properly, put it around the crown's neck, put it around the Vatican's neck or that whole side of the equation that literally allows us finally to have clean hands. This bond is very, very important. So we're going to be talking about this bond and we're going to show you how to create this bond. And we're going to actually show you how to integrate this bond and how to transfer this bond and put this, this thing around the servants now they're not around our neck. And again, this is the whole premise. This is why this is so important for us all. So when we leave the gates, loved ones, you can throw rose petals if you want. You can go and do a little happy dance around the guards. They will have to sit there and just look at you. If anything, they will be escorting and protecting you out. This is about, again, getting the power and the control back. We have to trump their power. We can't beat Caesar with Caesar's laws. We're never going to win that way. No, it's impossible. The house wins. That is a perfect example of that analogy. Caesar will always win. So what trumps Caesar? Him. Well, what's his law? Equity. And they've worked real hard to try and bury that, to try and remove that to try and distract us so that we never went looking for it again they had to have it right here but let's keep them sleepy let's keep them distracted so that they actually don't see what they actually can do how, how sneaky is that like so let's talk about again we love to wrap the bible back into this so equity and the caesar and the crown okay so matthew 22 verse 21 they say unto him caesar's then saith he unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. Kind of implying there's two things. So what is it that we're sending? What is it that, the, that we're rendering? Well, we can render an image from our mind. Another version of that is render or surrender that birth certificate. See, again, look at the play on the words here. 
Sir, as in surname, render, as in restore and send back. Sir, render. Again, that's why I pushed this one so hard. I ha- I didn't. I haven't come across any other loved ones and colleagues that really put this surrender thing together like this. This is what puts that costume back on the shelf, or you go and you hang it up back in the closet. You rendered it back. Is that the back on his? Neck? Yeah, yeah. Is is if the yoke or the bond is not on you, it's going to be on somebody else very soon. And this is what the judges are going to help us do. So rendering this person back to the crown is very, very important. And until we do this, it is presumed by law that you haven't done it. And if you haven't done it, you haven't protected yourself. And if you haven't protected yourself, you're open to attack. You're vulnerable and you can't complain. So you're doing Caesar or you're doing God. That's it. It's that simple. Luke 20 verse 22 is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? Well, of course, when you're acting in person, you better, or else you're going to go to jail. Do you render tribute unto Caesar once you're private and you're serving the Lord Father? Nope. You better not pay tribute to Caesar. Oof. That'll get you kicked right back there. Let me jump to this bottom one here, just playing off of that. Acts 26, 32. Then said this guy to this other guy, <laughs> this other man might have been set at liberty If he had not appealed unto Caesar, boom, that's exactly what I was just talking about. This man may have experienced his freedom. He was almost there, but oh, now he appealed to Caesar. He asked Caesar, as soon as you, as soon as you acknowledge Caesar as the, the, uh, the sovereign or the all powerful, boom, you just screwed up. You're thrown back in there. You're thrown back in with the wolves again. So Luke 20, 25, um, okay, yeah, we did that one. Uh, rendering unto Caesar properly the things that are Caesar's. Don't claim them to be yours. Don't claim these coins with Caesar's image on it. That's the same thing as a birth certificate. A coin with an image that's not yours that you pick up and you say, yeah, this is me. We're not supposed to identify with these things, but we all did. And that's the mistake we're trying to fix nowadays. And I know Darren just said, oh, we just covered that one. But I just wanted to mention, it was mentioned twice in the Bible. Almost exactly the same. Matthew 22 and verse 21 and Luke 20 verse 25. So Letting us know. Twice, yeah. There's two worlds. And you have Caesar's money in your back pocket. <laughs> or you have your God-given inheritance. You have your birth certificate in your back pocket. <laughs> or you have your God-given inheritance. It's one or the other. There's there's two worlds going on. And now we're waking up to the world we're actually in that we were fooled to thinking we weren't. All right. So moving on. What are we saying here, loved ones? Well, bottom line, enter the garden. The truth, the life, and the way we believe is through equity. If we're going to change our world, we have to change the system. And we are going to rule and govern through equity. Ten commandments. The new 20 commandments of the. Because there has to be a replacement. This is what we're saying is going to replace our current system. And that. 
we're going to be going on maxims. So we talked about the first five maxims um, last week, and we're going to be covering, oh, it looks like Mars internet might be a little unstable. So I'll just wait a moment. We're going to be covering some more maxims. We're going to go through these laws. Darren is, we're going to kind of cut out the orange. He's going to use the red to explain the orange and the green so that we can move through these new ways of being governed so that you are becoming in sync with the vibration of the energy that we want to hold within the garden. And it's going to be governed by these. Okay, you want me to touch on each one of these? Uh, we're going to do that next week. Oh, okay. Now, you can touch on this, though. This little bad boy that uh, you drew here today. So, Darren actually drew this. It was kind of funny because it is Darren's birthday today. And um, uh, he actually did a drawing in one of my books. And I was telling him, I'm like, remember that drawing? Remember that? It was this morning. I'm like, remember that drawing? You have to show him this drawing. And all of a sudden he looked down. He goes, okay, that's a little weird when I showed the picture to him. The time, because he likes to timestamp everything that he does. And he signed it and he dated it. And the timestamp was the time he was actually born today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we love coincidences like that, which clearly means we need to talk. Oops. We need to talk about this. So Darren drew this out and then he kind of expanded a little bit on it. So the reason we're going to go through this is loved ones. You need to have a foundation of the way this current law system works. So when we said to send this to the governor general, you're going to know who that is. When we talk about the lieutenant governor, you're going to know who that is. When we talk about being in control, having possession, these different terminologies, again, all these words, we're going to start building into your vocabulary and into the the glossary as well. So I'll let you touch a little bit on why this is important for them. Okay. So if you start at the, if you actually take a step back and look at this, this thing actually looks like a man or a woman standing here for some odd reason. So you got the head figure, you got the heaven, father in heaven, then you got man, right? His creation. Now man has an option here. We can either pursue the legal side, which is the left-hand side here. And if you look at the background, we got a lot of, you know, a lot of desert situations and vultures and burning trees. And that doesn't look very pleasant. So on the right-hand side, to offset the left-hand side, we have our birthright. We have our, our inheritance. We have a whole other system over here on the right. So down the middle, you know, we got the queen and, and her majesty in right of all these provinces and countries out there who are literally setting up the game. So consider the trunk of the tree, you know, in this particular image is, is the game. The queen is the, was the responsible entity for setting all this up. Under the queen, we got governor generals who appoint lieutenant governors, who appoint judges. And this is all about appointments and so on. It goes down all the way down into the roots of the tree here, which we can't see. Point being, the left-hand side of this tree, which represents death, sickness, and sin, is a result of our possession or having that birth certificate on our person when we weren't supposed to. This has led us into bondage, slavery, Egypt. Another word for it is public citizen. Why? Because we're in the public domain. We're playing with corporations. We're dealing with fictions. If you'll notice, this is all evil. We entered into this game voluntarily. And because we did that, we literally have waived or said, I don't want any interest in my birthright. I'd rather do this. And the system said, well, okay, if that's what you want to do, sign here, please. Once we fix this, welcome to the right-hand side of the screen, equity side. The birthright is perfected. 
we've entered the garden or we've literally re-entered the garden. Now, okay, let me explain on that one for a second. When Adam and Eve ate of the apple, having knowledge of good and evil, when we took that birth certificate and we made application for, (laughs) and I know what it's called in England now, a national identification number and this uh, national security number i think yeah. that's what it is anyway funny how oh national insurance number that's what it is interesting how let's just let me touch on that one there national insurance number who's insuring the nationals oh the public side there's another play on it right there that's what's really going on continuing so once we're on this private side we're dealing with trusts we've surrendered that person or that costume we gave it back to wardrobe we said here i don't want to act in character anymore i'm tired of this because i'm getting my ass kicked every day and it's not fun anymore so welcome to the private side over here we're charitable the attorney general is our friend the judges know who you are you now have control this is the side of the life the truth and the way this is exactly what christ was talking about figuring out equity and actually using it getting it to work for us. Now, when you hear the word use, we're going to start using the word use a lot here in the very near future. The statute of uses is legislation from a few hundred years ago. The word uses from back then and the word trusts today virtually means the same thing. It virtually means, hey, you used that birth certificate properly or you created a trust for it. You stopped acting as the silly thing. Okay. So that's pretty much all we have for tonight. We were able to kind of rip through that pretty quickly. So as far as any questions, Queens, how about you go into our chat? We'll do a little surprise live chat. So we'll just give you a few moments to do that. And while you're doing that, you know, I'll just keep going pretty soon here. Again, we're going to start dealing with some paperwork very, very quickly. Some of the very first things that we're going to be doing is creating a deed, D-E-E-D. A deed is a special type of paperwork where you're transferring an interest in personal property to another party. Creating this deed is very technical. There's a lot of shit going on in it. There's a lot of there's a lot of components to it. Your crayon glossary is going to be thick in that one. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to do our very best here to explain this as we go through and actually identify what's going on. But again, a deed is a special type of transfer of an interest that you can actually record it or register it at land titles. It's like buying a house. As a matter of fact, in the United States, for example, down there, they deal a lot in trust deeds to buy and sell houses. They actually don't use a whole lot of mortgages. I mean, yeah, they do, of course, but trust deeds are used a lot in the United States for transfers of interests. Up here in Canada, not so much, very little at all. As a matter of fact, we only really deal with mortgages. So to create a deed is going to be the nuts and bolts of what it is we're about to do. Then we're going to support this deed with a couple of other documents. And we're going to get into what these other documents are, affidavits and special notices and things of this nature. But we're just trying to set the stage here as quickly as we can so that when we finally get to that side of the paperwork, because again, we got a lot of people here that are just itching for all this stuff. But now we won't have to go back and explain why equity is important. Why are we using maxims here? What does that mean? Okay, well, again, 
we're trying to take a we're trying to take a scrambled egg omelet and break it apart into each little piece and show you that it's still an omelet but look we got the peppers over here we got the cheese over here and the eggs are now over there that, that, that we had to actually break this thing up so that this makes it's a little messy they make, yeah it's a little messy <laughs> okay so uh kim have you got a question ready for us please yes we had a few questions so in the beginning uh bill light asked uh, about sending out registered mail, would it help to ensure the package that you're sending out? Yeah, you know what, especially if you're putting things like birth certificates into that mailing. I will usually put, um, it'll say insured value. A lot of times the, the, the default number is like $100. Well, $100 may replace getting a new birth certificate. Okay, fine, dandy. But you know what, when you take a birth certificate and you stick a silver coin on it, you want to know what that thing's worth now? It's a lot more than $100. So rather than put, I wish to insure my special package for $100 million, we don't really have to do that either. But you know what? Put this, Dominion Securities. That tells the judge, uh-oh. Okay, where do you put the Dominion Securities? They're right on the registered mail sticker, there's going to be a little dollar sign where if you want to insure your package, the contents of this package. How much would you like to insure it for today, ma'am? You can say, well, there's a $20 bill in there that I'm sending to my grandson, Johnny. So I guess I should insure this package for at least $20 so that I get the $20 back if, it, if the package ever goes missing. So a bona fide birth certificate with a silver coin assigned to a new debtor or the new person who's going to take over that that little instrument is worth a lot more than a hundred bucks. So all I put in that little line right there is Dominion Securities. I actually don't put a value on it. Believe it or not, we did a little bit of research onto this um, a number of years back. Every registered mail sticker in Canada anyway is insured for $5 million. Everyone. Most people don't know that. So right out of the gate, this special little sticker, you could actually go to court and you say, you can literally say, hi, your honor, I had a birth certificate in there and I had a silver coin. And I know I can at least get $5 million for that in return if it actually went missing. That's the thing. You could actually collect on that. Um, we will say, though, loved ones, on every registered mail um, envelope, there is a section where you can check off one of two boxes. One if the package goes missing, that you will pay for it to be returned. Or number two, to treat it as abandoned. We've had loved ones send us things where they have checked off the box to treat it as abandoned. If undelivered. So this particular... This, you know, that's a no-no. Put that in your... No Don't check that box. Check to have it returned, loved ones. It's a very simple box. And it, it was, might cost you a bit of bucks. It, it was actually to the point where this, this was a former uh, lady that was involved in our Queens program. And when I saw her do that, when I saw her check that box, as in I abandoned my interest in my original birth certificate that I have in this envelope. Again. I've assigned it. I've done all this magical stuff to it. And if it, if for some reason, if it doesn't get to Darren and Jody and Divergence, I consider it now abandoned. I waive all interest in it. I'm just letting it go. When I saw her do that, I was like, oh, this is why you can't be in Queen's school yet. You're not ready. That was such a drop the ball moment. I just shook my head. 
And again, I literally just now place blame on myself. Maybe I didn't teach her well enough. Maybe this is my failing. Maybe she wasn't paying attention. I don't know, but maybe I should make it very clear that you don't want to be abandoning any interests from now on ever again, ever again. That's the reason we're in this big freaking mess is because we've abandoned or we've, or we've shown no interest in the proper birthright that each and every one of us has. So read the little writing and check off the right boxes. <laughs> All right, Kim, what do we got for another one, please? I actually just wanted to add, so Darren, usually when we send out our letters, we write Dominion Securities in red, I believe. So I just want to, since we've been touching on that, and I recommend you take pictures of everything you send. And I even pull the documents out so you can see the tops of the envelope with the registered number. And it's yeah. come in very handy. So it's something that I encourage everyone to do right off the bat. Take pictures of it. And I don't—I forget where I learned this, but take pictures of the background too. Because it's easy to crop a picture. But if there's a little bit of background, it's its hard to argue whether it's authentic or not. Yeah. Okay. And again, and, and, and again, don't worry about what the post office gal thinks. I do this all the time. I actually reach over, I grab their stamps, I'm stamping my stuff, and <laughs> some get all bent out of shape. Oh, you can't do that. And others are like, oh, I don't give a shit, stamp all the stuff you want. So sometimes you'll hit a battle axe for a postal clerk. Sometimes you'll hit one that's just friendlier than hell, and you want her to be your best friend for some reason, and everything in between. So, but again, so come with a kind demeanor. Come with, um, you know, the sugar and the applesauce. Don't come with salt and battery acid. That never really gets the job done. We've done the asshole technique, not as efficient. Very well. They no. did it very well. Yeah, well, Dean was a lot better than I was. <laughs> but point is, is we have the option to be kind. And I would suggest that you just go that way. The judges want to see that. The judges don't want to be giving assholes direct access to treasury. It's just, it's just bad. We don't want to give assholes direct it's access just, to their it's just, you know what? It's just bad for business. And it's going to create more freaking problems for us later it's a common thread interesting no assholes in garden excellent <laughs> okay kim next question next question is when speaking about addressing envelopes to the clerk and master is that applicable when we are requesting an in-chamber hearing oh is it ever absolutely as a matter of fact now you can say hey master i'm going to get the ball rolling by just talking about some of the things i have i'm not even going to send them in the preliminary exchange between us but in my vault, I have a perfected, certificated security in registered form, and it has a silver coin attached to it. And the clerk or the master might say, ooh, you might have to send that to me, okay? And you might now respond with, well, how would you like me to send it to you? And chances are they're just going to say registered mail. But the point is, we just have to tell them that we have these things, and then they will start to introduce themselves they will be calling you on the phone. They'll be emailing you. I don't even think they're going to go the snail mail route technique. They know how important this is. They know that they want to be dealing with this shit fast. They don't want to be dragging this stuff out for years. That's not how equity works. As a matter of fact, a couple of times, equity has worked for us so fast that we got caught off guard and got caught with our pants down. And we didn't know how to answer the next question out of the registrar's mouth or the judge's mouth. And again, uh, another buddy of ours, mine, went into court, got stuff rocking and rolling. And as soon as the judge said to him, well, so-and-so, what is the remedy you're seeking? And buddy said, I don't know. 
when he told me that, I just kind of went, oh. Drop the ball. Not only did you drop the ball, shit, like, you, uh, you, you deflated the ball, you put it in a box, and you mailed that thing to Australia. That's how much you dropped it. Terrible. And again, I look at that as my failing. How do I get a loved one into chambers that far, that fast, and then him drop the ball like that? Terrible defeat on my end. So that's why we're just shame, shame, shame. We're just, we're just getting better with time. That's all. We're just refining our techniques. And this is the thing now that we're getting further into the system. When the judges ask you those questions, loved ones, you're going to know how to respond. properly. And this is where we want you to have a maxim in your mind on standby. Here's a perfect example. Here's a perfect example for Kim and Jody's case here. Six months ago, the judge said to us, well, then how do you wish to proceed? And I literally got caught with my pants down a little bit. And the only thing I could come up with at the time was, well, your honor, equity regards done what ought to be done. And the judge says, okay. And he didn't, he didn't continue with any more questions. But point is, I should have had a much better answer than that at the time. But you know what? In the, in the energy. When you get stumped. Bust out a maxim. Yes. Have three in your mind on standby. The three top ones. That in just it, throw, throw it out. Even yeah. if you just, just spur it out. Just throw it down. Because the judge is going to know what the hell it is you're trying to do. And at least you're getting that on the record. And a maxim is better than silence. Oh, a maxim is a lot better than silence. Now, which three should we learn, Darren? Well, that's actually going to all depend on what it is you're trying to do. But as this program develops here, maybe even in tomorrow's segment or the next day's segment, I'll actually develop some of the biggest ones. And here's one of the most important maxims. Equity will not aid a volunteer. So when the court says, uh, is John Doe in the courtroom today? You can literally stand up and say, I'm here, your honor, but equity will not aid a volunteer. So I cannot act in person. Boom. You literally just strip that court of its entire power to now hold you accountable as the legal person, because you just said you're not volunteering. What's that judge going to do now? Force you to volunteer? Uh-uh-uh. Big, big problem if he tries that and he knows it. He's not going to try. It's a great line to use on cops too. Yeah. And again, anytime we pick up the phone, um, it's on our voicemails. I literally, I literally answer the phone. Equity will not aid a volunteer. How we, may we help yeah, you? Yeah, that's important. We get hung up on all the time. 10 times out of 10, people hang up. So weird. When they're trying to like banks or creditors or whatever, you know. Oh, do that next time bank calls you. They're like, me, me. They, it's breach of trust, loved ones. It's huge. As soon as you start to establish, again, we're going we're gonna to define and we're going to describe and we're going to show you what these trusts are and why these little guys or gals are so important and how they're, again, I, I'm going to make this sound simple, but it took me five years to figure out how to do them. Him. At my level. I've had other colleagues and loved ones say, oh, just go into Gibson's book there. He says, Gibson does a fantastic job of explaining how to create a trust. Really? It <laughs> still took me years to figure it out. It's in English, but not. No, it's. It's. it's I've, I've been. There are sections in it where I just read it and read it and just looped me. And I just, I couldn't even move past it. And he's like, come back to me, babe. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what happened? He's like, that's what. That's what it does. It'll it, it'll spin you. It's a literally a black hole. And that's where you start going down enough black holes, and pretty soon you're so freaking lost, you don't know which way is up. Yeah. And again, Dean and I are 
perfect examples of that because we've gone down a lot of these black holes. So, okay, next question. Okay, so we have had a, a few questions about Caesar. So, what is we were talking about Caesar? What is it compared to in today's you know society system? Can you just give us a more crayon explanation? Sure. So, okay, so Caesar would be a, a president, a prime minister, the crown, the pope. Whose money have you got in your back pocket? That's who your Caesar is. It's the ruler or the banking system, the banking cartel of whatever country it is that you're living in right now. All the faces on your money. That's Caesar's realms. Rome's, you know, Rome's controlled territory at the height of its empire was vast. It was almost all of Europe, almost all of Asia, where Russia is, and all like, the Roman Empire was gigantic. So the Roman Empire never really fell like they taught us in school. Nope. They may have let the land kind of go, but they maintained control through the banking system. That empire just evolved. It's stronger now than it's ever been. So, and you just have to imagine, like they just keep showing me, it's all the money. Whatever they use for currency, that's the game you're in. And they just change the money a little bit and change the game a little bit all the time. Keep perfecting their little matrix. And that's how they stay ahead of us. And that's why it's almost impossible for us to figure this out. Again, some of the nefarious dark ones in the past have literally said, well, you know, we have... uh, you know, plausible deniability. We'll never be able to be held accountable for this. They'll never figure it out. And for the odd one or two that figures it out, we also will just say that they're a conspiracy theorist and they're crazy. Or pay them off and they'll shut up. So, and that worked real well for the ones that figured it out. Well, again, okay. Um, we, we've talked about that in the past where there has been loved ones that have done this process and they have gotten through and then we don't hear from them ever again. And I'm not suggesting that they get thrown in a black bag, rolled up in a carpet, taken out in a black SUV and buried out in the desert. That's not what we're talking about. These people are given a whole bunch of resources and a whole bunch of funding. And they're told, stop acting in person. Do not go public. Do not talk about this shit with anybody. Go live your life in peace. Go do whatever the hell it is you want to do, but stay quiet. And people when they see how much wealth is at their fingertips, they go, oh, yeah, okay, I'll never talk to anybody about this again. And then, boom, they disappear. Great for them. Sucks to be one of us. But, again, I'm not doing that. that's where I, you know, I, I've, I've said this again in the past. So I'm going to still stick to it. I'm not going to take that deal. I'm here to push everybody else through first. That, to me, is more important. Yeah, I'll get my cars and boats and helicopters and all that shit one day. I don't care about that. That's not that's not an issue to me at all. I just want to make sure that if if I went through and then I get stuck with a restraining order and I can't talk about this stuff ever again, how is this going to help you? Not very well. So I'm literally sacrificing my life estate and I'll live off of Jody's. There's lots. <laughs> there's there's lots. So that she can sign the non-disclosure agreement. She can agree not to talk about this stuff ever again in public. She'll get black bagged. But I won't. I'm not going to play that game. Because, again, I know Dean and I, 
were put here to shake the temple and wake the world up and show them what's possible. And I could never, at the end of the day, now get across the finish line and say, oh, after a whole life of pursuing this, now I'm going to take my X amount of money and I'm going to disappear and stop helping people. Mm -mm. That's not going to happen. No, not this time. Okay, we'll take one more question. Okay, so this is a newbie question, um, but I think it's very important that we cover is they're asking about the um, attaching the silver coin. And they're asking, are, since we're used, are we using the mail system to correct our mistake? So can we talk about where the mail system comes in and where court comes in, just how the two blend together? Sure. Okay, so after we create this paperwork that we're talking about here, we actually want to put it in a special order. We want to put it in a special envelope. We want to put a special type of registered mailing sticker on our envelope, and we want to send it to the courthouse. Attention, like we were just talking about, clerk and master. The clerk and master are going to open up your special envelope. They're going to look inside, and they're going to be able to make a determination right on the spot. And they do. They do. <laughs> they just need to see certain keywords and a certain amount of words. They don't even need to read the whole thing. They just need to see enough substance in the paperwork, and then they pull out one of their magic stamps, and they go, boom. And as soon as your documents are stamped, received by the clerk in chancery, oh, are you ever making progress now? And again, the first time we actually went there, our paperwork, there was some errors on it. And good old Kim, our chancellor, everywhere she goes, she's got her, our, our printer. And because we were private, we had the courthouse sectioned off and we just took over one of the rooms busted out our computers darren gets on we fix it boom 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 we've got all of our ink we've got our thumbprints our signatures and it was amended and back on and, her desk in an hour i guess yeah so point is is we are gonna have to simplify and break down and absolutely explain these two sentences and why when you take these two sentences and mix it with these two sentences you're going to have some magical results but we're going to have to describe each word in each of these two sentences because one off makes a difference it, yeah we're, we're going to have to get pretty pretty precise with just a few things here so i'm just you know forewarning you a little bit but again this is what the glossary of terms is going to be for you know we're going to be explaining each of these as we go, which is why we're going to start, you know, again, I don't mind if we stretch this out from an hour to an hour and a half as these go on a little bit throughout the week and portion of the next week, just because we have that much stuff to talk about. And I don't mind if I go ramble through it pretty quick. And I don't mind if we show you the images, then you guys can watch this on YouTube later, take these images and now take your time and read all this stuff. Exactly. So don't worry about catching it all right now. No, 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 no. We're trying to set this up so that you'll have all these resources off to the side that you can go and, and, and check out whenever you need to at, at your convenience. And now we have these chats as well. So again, some of you can start coming together a little bit and, you know, building things together and bringing your knowledge together. We're starting to have a wonderful wealth of knowledge being spread amongst all of you. And thank you for that. We do appreciate that. And again, it's going to be about more collaboration, bringing more and more of us together. I, I think that's going to be the fastest way to do this again. Um, as a couple of the, the gentlemen that were on the Telegram chat last week, they were starting to experience some pretty incredible stuff. Something as simple as a registrar saying, okay, once you do this, you know there's no going back, right? Boom. I haven't heard such positive words out of a registrar in probably five years. 
That's how big that little statement was. That's what motivates us to continue every day because that little sentence that she said got me very excited. And I just absolutely love that little places around the world, you know, those governments are getting birth certificates with silver coins attached with red writing. And, you know, they're starting to see this momentum and this beautiful energy building where we're starting to get it. This is us showing the judiciary, the judges, that we are capable of managing our own affairs, or at least we're starting to be we capable. We a little rough around the edges. And again, this is, this is their job. All we have to do is get that ball rolling. And as a matter of fact, tomorrow, in tomorrow's presentation, I'm going to show you in one of my little Coles Notes versions that I, that I use as one of my resources, it literally says there where the settlor is bringing this court case because the settlor believes or knows he or she may have not done this quite 100%, or they may have not done this effectively, but at least they tried. At least they got the ball rolling. That's enough. That's literally all we need to do is get the ball rolling express a little bit of intent throwing a maxim you're looking good it's it's gonna be easier than we think and again i know i've said this a number of times we used to draft these these paperwork packages that were 25 30 50 100 pages long on a bad day so <laughs> on the other days it was around the couches around the kitchen oh yeah on the floor it gets ridiculous again I, I'm not an office type, and, and in terms of organizing paperwork, that's not my strong suit, and yet I was forced to become good at it. And I wish now to share our experiences and deans. And again, when I'm talking to you, loved ones, I'm not just talking about the things that I've just come to, to come to discover or learn in the last six months. You're literally drawing on my entire life's worth of inventory when it comes to this stuff. Dean's entire life's inventory and a whole bunch of other loved ones. So you're, you're getting such a massive filtering of the best of the best and just presented to you. Why are we doing this? Because we don't have a lot of time left. The clock is actually ticking very quickly. And there's a lot of important beings out there watching everything we do. And they're trying to send us, you know, encouraging messages and encouraging energies and encouraging thoughts. And, you know, for us to not get depressed and for us not to fall into those black holes where we feel like there's no hope. That's my primary job is to make sure that you still have hope. And that you have the tools to be able to pick yourself up, clean your energies, return energy that's not yours, feed from healthy sources, not other people, not other things. Source father is where you feed. We're going to teach you that, loved ones. Not your wife. That's where equity is. Not your children. Oh, especially not, not your children. Not your school teacher. Stop it. Not, not, you know, not your mountain bike. None of that stuff. We really need to determine and understand where the primary energies are coming from. You want to get dialed? <laughs> and focus on those. Yeah. yeah don't, don't get sucked into that. If you're feeling shitty, that's what these Telegram chats are for. Don't ever feel embarrassed about, you know what, I'm having an off day, Darren. I just got a call from my ex's lawyer, and I feel like I'm going to lose the house tomorrow. Send us those messages. I've been dealing with those for 20 years. But also tell us what you're doing in the meantime until we get back to you. What tools are you pulling out that we've taught you? Don't start laying out a whole bunch of negative wording on our chats. I'll be all over you. 
Yeah, this is where you know better. We're gonna suggest here be mindful of the negative dark letter that you or if it was if it just came from the federal tax collection department and all they're looking for sixty-five thousand dollars in 24 hours or else. Again, we know how to deal with these things, we know how to slow them down, we know how to get the creditors into a position where Okay, hey, I'm not denying that you have a bona fide claim over there. Hey, great, fine and dandy. Just be aware of this, creditor. I'm bringing this and this and this to a judge for a determination to determine who the ultimate liable party is. Because I don't think it's me. And I'm actually going to assign a legal interest to you, Mr. Creditor, to satisfy everything that you're seeking. So the creditor, the federal tax collection people are going to look at that and go, ooh, okay, well, at least he's going to start managing his affairs. This is what buys us a little bit of time. This is what gets the door open. So, and again, and again, I know we have a loved one on here right now that's watching that's just re recently gotten back a letter from the tax people. And this letter was still addressed to the all caps name. Now, this is where I'm suggesting, friend, don't open that just yet. I would suggest let's leave that sealed. Let's get that into the hands of a master and clerk or a judge because this might not be for me to open. I don't want to trespass by opening this particular letter because I don't see enough equities on the face of this envelope to satisfy myself that I'm on the private side. So I'm just going to leave this little hot potato, but I'm going to incorporate it or I'm going to include it in my court process that I say to the clerk and master, hey, uh, I got a situation here. Um, I'm to be treated as the beneficiary. I believe I came as the settlor and settled a trust. But now this piece of mail showed up, Your Honor, and I'm a little bit hesitant. I don't want to open this. I would rather you do it. Because I know as soon as I open it, I identify as the fictional character again. You're, You're back in the matrix. We're literally taking responsibility for it again. So Opening this one piece of mail, loved ones, they have tried to trick us. Actually, we just had to decline two mailings from them. They try and trick you and we want to see what's in there so bad, but we have to send it back with special instructions. This is why the special instructions are very important. And this is where... Borden, the gentleman that was on the Telegram chat uh, just five days ago, the vital statistics department in his area is suggesting, please provide better instructions. Oh, when I hear that, I get all excited. That means Borden is actually so close to pulling this off. He scratched the surface. He got their, he got their attention, but he didn't provide enough ABCs and one, two, threes to get the job done. And Vital Statistics responded accordingly. Hey, we got your stuff, but we don't quite still know what it is exactly you want us to do with it. That means it's not no. That means it's not no. That means stuff's happening. This is a big deal. So fix your shit. I sent, okay, so I made a special application for a birth certificate about three months ago. Remember when I was talking about make your application special. And then the birth certificate application has a little box that says, do you wish to have your certificate mailed to you or another address? I go, well, I'm going to send this right to the Receiver General of Canada. Who's the Receiver General of Canada? She, allegedly, is the Postmaster General, for one thing. The head 
of the tax collection department and a number of other things. This title, this woman has got a lot of titles. She's got a lot of power. She can do a lot of stuff. I sent this birth certificate to her directly. She sent it back to me two days ago, registered mail, Darren Clifford's heir. I was like, oh, there's progress. They don't usually do that. That's special. Problem is, I can't get my registered mail because I don't have any ID that says my name as Darren Clifford's heir. So I had to tell the clerk, send that registered mail back to the receiver general, tell them to send it regular mail where I don't have to show ID or hand deliver it by a courier. Take your pick. Point being here, loved ones, the receiver general just sent me something back with my proper title in my name. And they don't make mistakes. They know what's going on. But be careful. If Darren would have opened that, if he would have had an identification. I would have had to open it like, I would have had to sign it like this. Darren Clifford's heirs hyphen grantee. Remember, anytime you're accepting anything, anytime you accept a deal, anytime you accept a bargain, anytime you accept a contract, anytime you accept picking the kids up from school today, do it as grantee. Why? Because grantee is the accepting position. It's guaranteeing a whole bunch of special rights. Not grantor. Not grantor. No, Dean and I used to sign, you know, or we used to come across as the grantor, but we shot ourselves in the foot because we never nailed down that grantee position. That is so important. And again, I would like to, you know, send praise to my friend and colleague there in the United States, who I still don't like to name his name because he's very private and he gets pissed off. He's the one that really knocked it out of the park. Or he's the one that really discovered how important that grantee position is. It wasn't me. But as soon as I heard it from him, it's like, oh, ding, 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 ding. All right, loved ones. We went a little over. We gave you a little bit of extra. Lots of meat and potatoes on this uh, session, that's for sure. And we will be sure to touch base with your energy tomorrow and see what we're going to bring in for you then. We have a pretty good idea. Yeah, it's, so it's, uh, it's going to be more maxims. We're going to define a deed. We're going to show what a deed's going to be. We're going to start talking about notices. We're going to start talking about agreements. And we're going to start showing you how we can do certain things, stick it in an envelope, and send it to a judge right away and watch what happens. All right, loved ones. Till tomorrow. Mwah. See you next time. Peace, everybody. Love you all.